Inspiration, love, and growth. Hello there, Bravehearts. This is Heather Vickery, and you've tuned in to the Brave Files podcast. Welcome. I hope the transition from summer to fall is treating you well. Do you ever feel like this is the most disruptive of all of the seasonal changes? Is that just me? I'm not sure how it happens, but things always seem to kick into high gear for me and my business right at this time of year when the kids are going back to school and all the summer stuff is slowing down. It's exciting, but it can be overwhelming if we aren't careful about how we manage and prioritize our time. I actually apply my own coaching platform, The Brave Method, to this just like everything else in my life or business. And it's one of the reasons that I wrote my upcoming book, Fuck Fearless, Making the Brave Leap. In the book, I break down The Brave Method and with memoir-style personal stories, case studies, and actionable suggestions, I help the reader apply The Brave Method to their own life in order to finally have the empowered, purposeful, brave, joy-filled life that they deserve and that they've been dreaming of. And I want that for you, my brave friends. I want you to love your life. This book officially releases on October 28th, and I could actually use your help. If you are excited about the book and interested in helping me spread the word, I invite you to join my book launch team, The Brave Circle. There are lots of amazing ways for you to show your support and help with the launch from something as simple as agreeing to buy the book on October 28th and then tell your friends about it on social media to hosting me for a joint live stream conversation about the book. You get to decide what level of involvement is best for you. Visit vickeryandco.com slash brave circle for the details and to join us. I really hope that you will become part of my brave circle. This week, I welcome the one and only Sloan to the Brave Files. A name change, a career change, and several adventures off the beaten path. Sloan tore her life down and rebuilt it with intention. And despite the challenges, by following her heart, she's actually found her purpose. She now understands the importance of growing into her true self by any means necessary. In this episode, Sloan and I talk about showing up for yourself and your growth despite what other people think and if they want you to stay the same or not. We talk about why you have to experience life in all of its ick to find your wings and that those risks will likely hurt on occasion, but man, will they be worth it. And taking time to celebrate yourself because just being alive is actually pretty amazing. So here's this conversation with Sloan. I hope you enjoy it. This is Heather Vickery, and you're listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. When we choose bravely in big and small ways, it powerfully elevates our lives. I hope these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement of courageous living that enriches both our lives and our communities. And if you enjoy the show, I ask you to please share it with others. Maybe think of someone who you want to choose bravely right alongside you. Thanks for tuning in. Now here's the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Brave Files podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to an incredible woman who I am pleased to call a friend. Her name is Sloan. We're going to talk about that. She's like Madonna. There's no last name. It's amazing. But this former business attorney has turned her life around in the most magical of ways. And she is here to share her story about transforming her life, going from this business corporate attorney to starting her core belief consultant firm. Sloan has a really interesting perspective on life and how to live your very best life to trust yourself. She supports ambitious women who are ready to expand beyond the conventional possibilities. You know, all the stuff that society puts on us. If you are ready to live fully while creating even more, 
I know you are because you're brave and that's why you're here and you're ready to embrace everyday bravery. I can't wait to share Sloan's perspective with you. Sloan, welcome to The Brave Files. Yeah, thank you so much, Heather. I'm so glad to be here. We have been planning this for some time and I'm glad that we were able to finally pull it together and I have to apologize You guys who are listening don't know this, but I am in the deep throes of final editing. And so I'm a little fuzzy and Sloan's been very patient with me today. So thank you for being patient with me. We're good. I'm so happy (laughs) to have this conversation today. (laughs) All right. So I shared with everyone that you are super cool. Um, You only have one name, much like Madonna or Prince or Pink. And I would love to start by having you tell that story. Yes. Well, you know, my original name was not Sloan. So there came a time some years ago where I started to realize that my name wasn't actually a fit for me anymore. Mm. And it was a really interesting thing because actually before that, I can remember a couple specific circumstances where I had judged people who changed their name or changed some form of their name. And I had this thing against it. So when this came up for me, I was like, wow, (laughs) of course. You know, thing against it. That's intense. It was. I can, I just had that little, you know, snarky kind of like, oh, that's kind of weird inside. But I don't know. I had a thing about it. So, of course, that comes up for me. And so I started just being open to it. I started, I knew I wanted to change my name because where I, at the way I saw myself and where I saw my life going, I knew my name just wasn't a fit for me anymore. And so I actually found my name. Um, I, when I heard it for the first time, I just knew that Sloan was my name and I started asking friends and family to call me Sloan and to try it out. And then I started on this hunt to look for a last name. So I was looking on billboards. We're looking in baby name books. I talked to a numerologist with certain names. How does this work? How does it fit? And nothing was working. And this went on for almost a year until I actually had a medicine journey and in that journey had this awareness of it's just Sloan. And I decided Mm. to change my name to Sloan. That's very cool. Now, how did everyone receive this? Not that it really matters because you get to do whatever you want, but what was the reception like? That's a really interesting question because the reception was the complete range of emotions mm. and reactions. And what I kind of found was that the people who were the closest to me tended to, not always, but tended to have the hardest time with it. And then the people more distant were much more likely to be like, great, awesome, follow your you know, your inner guidance, whatever. And what I realized from that experience was that we define ourselves by other people so deeply in ways we don't even think about And that for some people, me changing my name could be almost like a shift in reality that felt a little offsetting, Mm. that it was really hard for them. And people had stories about it. Some people, the story was, you know, I was betraying my past or I've changed too much or there was just a lot depending on the person that was actually really interesting to see the truth about where people were coming from. Yeah, it is fascinating how other people feel so attached to us, our names, our journeys, like how they're connected and why. I have a friend who's got a child who's identifying as non-binary and that child's sibling is really strong struggling with feeling a sense of loss and part of me wants to say oh dude, just get over it like this isn't about you it's fine but part of me understands that change is change for everyone yes the way my mom actually had explained it to me at one point was it's like relationships are like a mobile you know that hangs above the child's bed and when yeah. you change one person or one element of yourself that's really meaningful it's like pulling down the mobile and letting it go And all the pieces for a minute kind of fly everywhere. And eventually it comes back to an equilibrium. But there's a middle part where it feels really uncomfortable. And depending where you were on that mobile, it might feel even more uncomfortable. Mm, That's a great description. Yeah, I really really resonate with that. I, I get that. So you mentioned a plant medicine journey. I know that you hold plant medicine retreats. Now, I 
I told you this right before we started recording. I'm leery, although I'm open, whatever, right? I don't judge folks. Like, let's do whatever it is that works for you. I tend to not prefer an altered state of mind. My partner is super interested in these types of things. How did you end up doing that? And what did you experience? What happened for you? First of all, I want to just acknowledge your feelings about it because there's this element of the unknown and also being out of control that is really intimidating for people. So I, I totally get that. And I actually started what well, it began with me referring clients to do plant medicine. So the work that I do with women, I call consciousness and healing work. And it's, you know, with your emotions and your intellect. Well, there's a lot that we can go into with that. But plant medicine obviously goes into your body and into your awareness in a whole different way. And what I found first for myself was that as I'm doing all this growth work and working with coaches and building my business and everything, then adding in a plant medicine experience, it's like all these things I've been focused on shifting, growing into, clicked into place in addition to having the most massive downloads of inspiration, creativity, awareness of how to solve problems. I mean, it just it, it really shifted things. So the two together, meaning the consciousness and emotional healing work combined with plant medicine has been so powerful in my own journey in various ways that first I started recommending clients to do this pretty consistently as part of our deeper work together. Mm -hmm. And then the opportunity arose for me to start holding these retreats. And it, it really has just been such a beautiful combination of what I've been doing with this to really bring people to the pinnacle of how to step into your highest potential. And that mm. is what my whole business, my whole life really is dedicated to is helping women fulfill their highest potential. And this is a piece of that for a lot of people. Yeah, no, I really love that. And so let's go backwards then and think about as a corporate attorney, what was life like? as a corporate attorney? And at what point did you realize that was not the life you wanted anymore? What was life? You know, it, it was definitely a very masculine industry and very, well, first of all, a lot of men, just men, period. And most of the people I did business with, most of my clients, I was a corporate lawyer. So I was working with startups and companies and it was a lot of men in the first place. And, and for me, I had some really phenomenal mentors who were men. And I found myself creating success kind of the way I was modeling from these people ahead of me and who were guiding me who were men. And so what that turned into for me, and this is not, there's nothing wrong. I love men, actually. There's nothing wrong with the way they do business or the way they handle their lives. I just have found for me and a lot of women that our way is different. And mm. so when we take yeah, for sure. a, a way of doing business, that's kind of the way men are doing it and try to do that as women, we're using our diffuse awareness. So we're using that piece of what we have where we can focus on 10 different things at once that men actually don't focus that way. They are really good at focusing on one thing at a time and getting it done. Well, when we women, and I'm generalizing, of course, so this doesn't have to apply to everyone, <laughs> but just as a general matter, you can see where you are on the scale of this awareness, which is when you take diffuse awareness, being able to think about a whole bunch of different things at once and try to apply it into this old other paradigm of doing business, what happens and what happened to me is I really became depleted and exhausted and I felt like I needed to do more and I was just working so hard. I mean, at one point I was sleeping three to four hours a night. Mm. I was meeting with around 300 people in person a year. I was like so committed to wow. success and this was the only way I really knew how to do it. So I built a really successful law firm and... Mm -hmm. In that process, so as I started learning how to create success in business, I started learning a lot more about mindset. I started telling my corporate clients, hey, 
I can help you with a lot more than your legal work. I can actually help you in creating more profitability, building your team, your mindset, operations. I mean, all this. And I started coaching my clients. And from there, I formed a new company and, and ultimately realized that I could have a lot more impact with people in helping them in growing their business and now reaching their highest potential than I could as an attorney. So I sold my firm about three years ago. Wow. Okay. So I didn't realize that that transformation was pretty new. You and I met originally and in person back when we could do that um, about almost two years ago uh-huh. now. And so I didn't realize this was so new. Yeah, It was. I started this company a little over five years ago. And, and really the last two years of my law firm, it was running on its own. And I was building this business and I had created a pro, uh, online program. And so I was mostly coaching and that company was running itself. But yeah, I sold the firm just a little over three years ago to do this completely full time. What did that feel like? Oh my gosh. You know, (laughs) when I first sold the firm, I actually left to go spend the summer in Europe. And I just remember this feeling of it felt so much lighter. It was so gorgeous. And, And for me, it was I had been knowing for a while that I was ready to be finished with the law firm, but it took me a while to kind of fully come around to that, to figure out how it was going to work logistically, and then to find a buyer and sell my firm. And when I finally did, it was like, oh, just so many details and logistics and just everything kind of fell away for me to be at this place of, all right, I'm really going for it with this, this new business. It's exciting. I get that. When I, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life was get a divorce and come out and that whole time frame mushed together. And no matter what, and it was really, really hard, I still felt that same feeling of lightness. Like, ooh, I fully breathe. Like, even the midst of doing really difficult things, if they're the right really difficult things, feel like freedom. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think a lot of times it's easy to feel like focus on the hard thing that needs to be done. Okay, to get to my, you know, where I know I need to be, I'm going to have to end my marriage. And it, it's hard to see, especially if you've never experienced it. But even if you have, it can be hard to see. But yeah, the outcome of that there's going to be a messy middle that might feel like going through a fire of burning up parts of you to grow and change. And the outcome is that you're lighter, that you're freer, that you're more joyful, that you're more you shining your light more brightly. Yeah, I love that. Well, and I regularly tell people in speeches and in conversation that I burned my life to the ground and then rebuilt it. And that's relevant in this situation because you actually have an organization called the Phoenix or a group called the Phoenix Collective. And I heard that whole, you know, rising from the ashes bit just there. And is that what led to the Phoenix Collective, that concept? That is it. Yeah. So actually what happened after I sold my law firm, cut to about six months later, and I was in Mexico in this moment in my life where in a lot of ways, it was like I had arrived. So I had sold my firm. Mm, This consulting business was growing. It was flourishing. I was there with my partner who we, he was an entrepreneur too. We were traveling the world together. I was also there with this group of friends that was really special to me because a couple years before that, I kind of realized I was like, I want to have more friends and more community. And I started, I was visioning about it. And I started telling people, I want to meet a group of friends who lives like the world is their playground. And at some point, somebody was like, Hey, I actually know a group of people like that and introduced me. And I was doing all this traveling around the world and these adventures. And here we were at this beautiful little retreat in Mexico It's one of those places you would probably never hear of unless you know someone who goes there. It's very small, but so quaint and amazing food. And we're walking bare feet in the resort and just, it it was gorgeous. Only inside, I was really lonely. And actually, I was really confused because here I've consciously put my life together with these various pieces that I just described. And 
yet inside I knew that it wasn't quite right and I knew I was feeling isolated and it all came to a head in this moment where I was in my room and I had gotten into another argument with my partner and we had been having just a really challenging relationship for a long time. I knew inside this probably wasn't my person for my life. And yet I was in love with him and I just, there were a lot of pieces. So we're in our room, we had gotten into an argument and he's like, Sloan, what are we going to do? Let's just get married. Uh, And in that moment, I know, (laughs) I know. And it was like in the pain of that moment that he was, you know, trying to give me this olive branch of let's try to fix this and do something, but unknowingly offering me to start a life and something that I actually really wanted to get married, but offering me to start a life really built on a foundation of pain. And in that Mm. moment, I just thought to myself, this isn't it. This cannot be it. And I, yeah. So I made a decision there to change my life. And I actually, when I left and over some time, I ended my relationship. I put all of my relationships on hold and I spent the next four to five months really diving in deep to see how this had happened. Who would I become? How was I really showing up and not what I wanted to believe, but what was the truth? And what is it that I want to create? Because the other piece of this was that I was focused on um, consulting mainly with lawyers, helping them build successful law firms. And I knew also that wasn't kind of the end piece. So out of that came the focus that I have now in the work that I'm doing and also the Phoenix Collective, which is a community of growth-minded entrepreneurial women who coming together to really all elevate together, connect, Mm. to elevate, to grow, to talk, to meet, to whatever we can do. Yeah. And I love the community approach. I feel like as women, I mean, first it's both centuries old and also brand new because there's was always this push and pull of supporting one another, but also there could only be a few of us at the top. Right. And now that is shifting or maybe that's just an American thing. I don't know, because ancient civilizations, women collectively did everything. Yes. So I, you know, I don't know. There's that's you and I connecting over the red tent. (laughs) It's the red tent. It's exactly. I literally pictured it in my head. That's funny. I forgot. I didn't forget. But in this moment, I forgot that you had repicked that up. And I said, oh, I loved it. And we've been chatting about that. I love the red tent. But in that community, it was all about, you know, we're in this together. We can only survive if we're in this together. There's no other way to do it. And then somehow things shifted into, um, you know, there's not enough space for all of us. There aren't enough, there aren't enough clients, there aren't enough accolades, there aren't enough whatever. And it's just not true. There's plenty for everyone. Absolutely. And if you think about it, you know, the course of human history has been evolving from this consciousness of connection to source or to each other, or however you want to call it, And then over thousands of years and over time, we've evolved into this very individualistic consciousness where it feels like I'm separate from everyone else. It feels like there's not enough and I have to get Mm -hmm. what I need. And what I really feel is that we're moving, we're now kind of turning that ship and moving into the consciousness that used to be present unconsciously, which is now (laughs) we're doing a conscious connection to there is enough and we all have what we need or we could all actually have what we need. And right now for a lot of people, and I know in certain ways for me, for sure, there are times where those things are just ideas. I'm like, oh Mm. yeah, intellectually, that sounds good. And then the more, (laughs) the more I think about it, the more I make it a part of my awareness, the more it becomes a feeling I have inside to actually live from that place. Yeah. For me as well, and folks who listen to the show regularly have heard me say this before, but I've started to definitely, my body presents its intuition. Uh, And so my mind will think one thing or another, but if I feel it in my solar plexus, I know that's a go. If I feel it in the back of my neck, there's something wrong. 
I need to look at it again. Uh, I wanted to go back, though. You said something that I just, we have to talk about. And this idea of building from a place of brokenness or hurt and pain. I think when people are in the depths, mucking around and all of the ick, it's so hard to imagine not being in that space that they don't know how to do anything but build from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it isn't the right place to build from. I, I try to support people in saying, like, how do we get good with where you are right now? It doesn't mean that you love this situation. It doesn't mean, you know, that this is this is where you're going to end up. But I think we have to build from a platform of good with where we are right now and intentional about where we want to go. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think what you're saying is that it can be really easy. So in the situation where I was in Mexico and there were all these factors that felt like, I mean, I hadn't changed my life up into that point. And I, there were all these factors that felt like, well, I have no idea how or when or what would what events would possibly transpire that I would be having the business set up that I wanted or the relationship that I wanted. And when you're sitting in the truth of your own situation, it can be really easy to be like, well, I have this and I can't see how that's going to work. So I'm just going to go off of where I am now and off of what I have. And I think that that can be building off of the pain So if I would have just said, well, I don't know how that's going to happen. So let me try to keep working this out with him and figure it out. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I had done that already for a while, honestly, leading up to it. So this was a journey. But at some point, it's kind of like, do you want to start to live from your vision and your inspiration, which can feel like you're standing in a dark room with your eyes closed and you have no idea where to move (laughs) forward, how that's going to go, what it's going to look like. But somewhere inside of you, you know that more is possible. Yeah. And the people who choose to live from that place are really brave. It really yeah, takes are. a lot of courage. <laughs> yes, you know, because you've done it. You know, and I'm yeah. sure the people listening have too. I'm sure everybody who's interested in listening to your podcast, I know you've done this too. And then the question becomes, and are you willing to do it again? And again, yeah. and again, and again, and again. And again. <laughs> It never ends. I say that all the time. It's not like climbing a mountain and getting to the summit and planting your flag. And now you've done it and you don't ever have to do it again. But I don't want that to terrify people. It should excite you because it's this opportunity to, to do more and bigger and drive the bus on it and feel connected to it when you want to, not just when other people want you to. Yeah. And also I agree completely. And also it feels like there might be some big initial pieces. I've had two times in my life where I had a big reset. Like one of them was the story I just told you. And now once I got into alignment and for me, that means when I really made the decision to start living from my inner guidance, my highest self, there, there are still times where I have to go outside my comfort zone into the next piece. Okay, I'm doing this, but it's not the big life overhaul that was happening when I was making choices out of fear. Yeah. Yes. It just doesn't feel good when you're making choices out of fear. No, it doesn't. It, it, and you know it. And isn't it interesting? It doesn't feel good. And yet, in a lot of ways, it's still easier and feels more comfortable than the unknown. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It does for a lot of people. For a long time, it did for me. And it it was an aha moment where I deeply connected my why, which at the time, you know, and we can have a lot of whys and we can have a lot of whys at the same time. They can move and they can shift. But that was showing my children that they deserved to go out and live their truest life in the world, that the world was ready to catch them and hold them and needed them to be authentic. And I I knew that I needed to show them how. I couldn't be do as I say, not as I do. I had to do it and show them how. And that released me. I know I was no longer afraid of the unknown because it didn't matter. I had to do it. What a special inspiration. You did it for them. 
Yeah. And now I do it. I do it for me. I do it for my clients. I, I do it for the people who I come across who send me emails that I've never even met that say, I've been watching and I listened to your show and I did this brave thing and I thought you might want to know, right? Like, it's amazing how we don't even realize the kind of impact that we're going to have on people um, if we just show up and do what feels like we're called to do. Yeah. I love that. Sloan, for you, what would you say has been the biggest struggle in all of this? I actually think in these certain points in my life, finding the courage to step away from something that a part of me really wanted to hang on to. You know, in this case, it was kind of actually a lot of things. There was the relationship, the friendships, even the friend group. It was like, it seemed like the perfect thing that I've been looking for for years. And yet I sort of felt disconnected. It wasn't quite right. And so it was letting go of this idea that I had about something to look at the truth of what it really was. And that was so hard for me. It actually really took, um, at that, that same trip, I had been in conversation to work with a new mentor and, um, I agreed to start working with the mentor at that time. And it really was with the support of these mentors that I, started changing my life. And truly at that time, I couldn't figure out how to just get out of all of that. It seemed like I had wound myself into something that I just, I couldn't see the way out. So I had a lot of support, but it was really hard. It was really hard. And I think now, you know, what a gift, because I understand how hard it can be to move into something, even though, you know, in your heart, you really want it, you're meant for it. You're here for much bigger things, but in Mm -hmm. the moment when you're faced with what it's going to take, it, it can really just get to your core and, and really take you down to your knees. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I always say that these are all very simple concepts, but that doesn't make them easy. Yes. I love that. Yeah, it doesn't. Not easy. It doesn't. And then when we can weave that level of of compassion in of like, wow, you know, I know that I shouldn't be in a relationship with like this. I know all these things. And especially for us who are doing a lot of growth, it can become really easy to be like, well, I know all these things, but yet emotionally I still feel this way or I still feel connected to this thing that I know is not good for me or whatever. It To have bring in the compassion of like, oh yeah, but this is this is like real life, you know, it's gritty, it's raw, and it's really challenging sometimes. Very. (laughs) I mean, it's when I talk about the brave method or the idea of leveraging your, like getting to understand your fears and then leveraging those into intentional bravery, being everyday brave, which we self-define every day, what feels brave today. I don't ever want anyone to think that I think doesn't sometimes hurt or that it's not messy or obviously it's uncomfortable. We already know that we're, we're rolling around in the uncomfortable. Yeah. It takes you to your knees. It's that's, but that's also, isn't it also part of it would, at least from a reflective standpoint of what makes it awesome. Like, Oh wow. I am so fully feeling and experiencing this moment in my life. Yes. Yes. I knew I changed a, a, or I turned a corner when I was able to have a time of feeling really sad and heartbroken and sad and actually crying, but still underneath that and through it, feeling this sweetness about being alive, about crying, about having emotion like that. That's to me was a big, a big shift in appreciating the, the lows and the highs and everything in between. And that's a really great point because we do often experience contradictory emotions and feelings at the very same time. You can be happy about one thing and sad about another. Those things can exist. Uh, And we give ourselves such a hard time that it has to be one. We feel guilty for feeling happy when there are sad things happening or whatever. Uh, Just feel your feelings, friends. Like whatever they are, they exist and they should be honored. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's been a big part of my journey also is, you know, I, I've i been doing personal growth and everything for 
over 15 years and still a couple years ago when all this happened, came to the awareness that there were ways where I wasn't being so nice to myself on the inside. And I knew how to make it seem like I was, and I was so great to myself and all that. But actually, then I started noticing, no, there's times where I beat up on myself and make me not good enough. And, and so a big part of the journey and also a big part of the work that I do with women is finding the truth of that. Because I think a lot of us want to believe we're further along than we are in this area, like I, <laughs> I did. <laughs> and then also, okay, and how do you change it? Because it's so deep. But it's everything in terms of your life experience, how you treat yourself. Yeah, it is. Does this, does this work and this life that you've very intentionally and thoughtfully created for yourself, does it feel brave? You know, now my, I would say what feels brave is in these continued little nuances of my life. I'll give you an example. Um, making a new friend and yeah. having an interaction where I didn't enjoy something or felt like there was something energetically off or some little codependence or something. And then bringing it up to the friend vulnerably like, hey, you know, I had this experience and I wanted to talk about it because I'm a recovering people pleaser. In the old way, <laughs> so many of us are. Yes. In the old way, there would be no bringing that up. It would just smooth it over and not talk about it, and move on, or have some drinks or whatever the thing was. And now it's like, okay, I, I can see that maybe there's a part of me that would just want to be like, okay, I'm not going to deal with it and maybe just not hang out with that friend for a while. But instead, now it's like, no, you know what? I I have really honest, authentic relationships and I'm not available for anything else. Yes. And that means, yes, yes. Yes, exactly. And that means <laughs> I'm going to bring this up, but from a vulnerable place. And so I I keep finding new areas where it feels like okay, I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to step into it. That might not be as big and as, you know, as the other things we were talking about, but it still requires courage because absolutely being honest requires a lot of courage so much and that's what i i mean when i say everyday brave and also that it's we redefine it throughout the day every day uh and this idea that you know you want to be in relationships in this certain way in this certain space and as such it's worth it to be honest, to be vulnerable, and to trust that the, even if it's new, even if it's a little bit fragile still, that the relationship, if it's intended for you, can withstand and be stronger yes. by choosing to have this conversation. You know, the last time when you and I did a clubhouse together, and yeah, I remember, that was, that was so fun, <laughs> and I remember there was one point when we were on, and there were some women on, and you said something like, I'm going to paraphrase, but it was something like... <laughs> I just don't buy it when people are like doing their hair and makeup every day and that's oh, the only yeah. way you see them and whatever. And I was like, actually, I really love to do hair and makeup. I used to be yeah. a makeup artist. And I just remember I loved that interaction so much because you were like, oh, okay. Yeah, I never thought about it before. And and we, I was like, yeah, and we talked about it for a minute, but it just felt so real. You were saying you're clear opinion and I have a different piece but we weren't taking it personally but we were connecting Absolutely. and we were open and and it's the chance for real deepening of intimacy which is something that I really had missed out on my life before because I didn't yeah. understand that in order to really be seen you have to risk that the other person's going to reject you hate you be upset have hurt feelings all that and, and I love what you're talking about, the everyday brave, because I think that in terms of feeling fulfilled and in terms of actually really loving your life, there might not be anything more important than making those little micro choices that put together yeah. create a life that you love. Yeah, nothing, nothing more important than those micro choices, those small intimate moments of knowing that what you're doing for you in that moment is brave because when we know it it changes how we show up we start to look for more opportunities like that and the next thing we know there are 
bigger things in front of us. We're winning more and it's contagious. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I love, love that. that. This seems like a great time, Sloan, to ask you, how do you like to celebrate? <laughs> One of my favorite ways is dance parties. Yes, me too. <laughs> What's your favorite dance party song? You know, we just did one this morning with my family and it was to the Beatles Yellow Submarine. Nice. And there was a lot of, you know, trumpet playing and dancing and marching around. And it's just, um, we're actually doing with my family right now, 30 days of joy. So some uh... joyful, consciously joyful activity every day. And this morning was the Beatles dancing and then a little uh, beautiful little chime I have kind of just laying and appreciating the noise. And anyway, so I feel like dance parties for sure. And then the other one is when I have a really big thing that I've accomplished or transition that I've gone through or something that for me is, I want this now to be kind of seared into my awareness. I might also celebrate with a thing So that could be a ring that I wear when I see it. I remember, oh yeah, I did that. Or some something around me to remember because you know it's so easy. You have this big vision or something you're really working towards, and then you do it and you might celebrate a little bit, but how easily an hour later, a day later, we're like, okay, what's the next thing? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So I like to hold the celebration awareness as long as possible. And that's why I ask the question is because the more we celebrate, the more we have to celebrate, the more conscious we are, the more motivated we are, the more excited we are. And there's no wrong answer. My partner does the same thing. She celebrates. She'll set goals for herself. If I get this client, I'll buy my new luggage or whatever. Uh, And that's a form of celebration. Dance parties, chocolate, hugs. We had somebody on the other week who has a cowbell, and she actually rang the cowbell for us, which was pretty great, (laughs) Annie P. Ruggles. And I was like, okay, now I need a cowbell. Because the sound of that and the physical motion of that, I want to dance around with the cowbell. (laughs) Yes, I love it. So there's no wrong way, and and I really love that. I also want to ask you very briefly about the 30 Days of Joy. Is this something that you joined or you created for your family. It sounds amazing. Yeah, I just I just created it. I was like, you know what? I want to be more consciously enjoy myself and then just appreciating that together. And so I told my daughter when we came back from our vacation, we were going to do 30 days of joy and we have a big post-it note on the wall that we can both add ideas for 30 days of joy. So there could be anything from we're going to do a glow stick dance party And Mm -hmm. that's at night, you know, dance party with glow sticks all the way to go to the Santa Monica Pier one day. Or it can just be as simple as this morning. We just did a regular dance party for a couple minutes. So it doesn't have to be a big production, but it's consciously focused on it every day for 30 days. I love that. And I particularly love this time of year you've chosen for it because this isn't an instinctual time of year for that. I I feel like people do things like that at the end of the year, the new year or spring even. But seasonally, we're in, as we go from summer to fall, we physically feel so much of that transformation that tapping into joy when some when we feel this push pull in other ways, is such a wonderful way to stay grounded. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of times with the healing and the growth. And, you know, a lot of my business, I'll be holding up the mirror for people to look at the truth of how they're showing up here, what they're really doing, thinking, being. And sometimes it can get deep, it can get serious. And for me, there's also the always practice in some way of reminding myself, reminding my clients, being present with that we're, we're here living life that's really special And how can I keep my energy on that as much as sometimes we got to go down in to clean some things up and look at some things to come back out? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that so much. Well, we could just talk forever. I know that that would be true. And I look forward to an opportunity to be in the same room with you again and sharing this lovely energy. But as we come to the close of the of the interview, can you share your favorite charitable organization to support? Yes. We support an organization called Dawn of Freedom. 
And their mission is the elimination of sex trafficking, specifically with children. And just the way that they do it is really special, but ultimately they're kind of going after this on several levels. They're doing raids in brothels in Asia. They're doing um, educating the communities in the area about you know what's happening and how to avoid it. And then they're also rehabilitating women who have been um, experienced being trafficked. And we, for every woman who does private consulting with me, we donate to free a woman from sexual slavery or a girl. Wow. And then I also have done consulting with some of the women coaching with some of the women in the organization, supporting them in elevating, moving into their next steps. And I just feel like this is an issue and something going on on the planet that really we can all get behind eliminating. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, it's horrifying to think about. And I also know that these things happen still here, even in the United States and it's a global issue. So thank you for bringing this organization to our awareness. They'll be our charity of the week and listeners, as I always ask, give them what you can time, attention, money, social media likes and shares, whatever it is, we want to come together as a global community to support one another, lift each other up, and just be mm, better together. We're better together than apart. That's for sure. Sloan, will you share your three words with us one last time? Yes. Inspiration, love, and growth. Yeah. I love those words. Sometimes people share their words and I go, let's talk about that word. But your words are so clearly defined in in the beautiful journey that you shared and your energy and the way that you connect. And it's just such an honor to to be out here doing this similar work with somebody like you and knowing that, that we can help one another and support one another. And I thank you for taking the time to be here. Heather, thank you so much for having me. What a beautiful conversation. Yeah, it was really lovely. Awesome. All right, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. We will be back next Thursday with a brand new episode of the Brave Files podcast. But before you leave, guess what? I am finally and officially announcing a release date for my upcoming book. The book will be out on October 28th. It's called Fuck Fearless, Making the Brave Leap, because we don't shy away from curse words around here. In fact, we love them. (laughs) Um, I would love to invite you as a listener to join my book launch team. You're called The Brave Circle. There are lots of different ways you can support me and support the book. And if you are interested in learning more, all you have to do is visit vickeryandco.com slash brave circle. Let me know how you want to contribute, and we will get you onboarded right away. I can't wait to be part of this with you and have you on this portion of my brave journey. This is Heather Vickery reminding you today and every day to go out and choose bravely. Hey, friends, I want to share something really exciting with you. We already know you enjoy listening to podcasts because you're listening to this one, but I'm also betting you enjoy audiobooks. And hey, listen, if you don't already enjoy audiobooks, then it's time to check them out. That's why I'm really excited to share Libro.fm with you. They are an incredible new platform for listening to audiobooks. And by choosing Libro.fm over other audiobook services, you are supporting a local bookstore of your choice and investing in your local community. Libro.fm offers over 150,000 audiobooks via their primary platform, which, by the way, they built with love and from scratch because they're a small business also. They even offer bookseller recommendations for great audiobook options. You can sign up right now via www.vickeryandco.com slash Libro.fm. That's vickeryandco.com slash L-I-B-R-O-F-M. And when you do, you'll get one free audiobook of your choice, and the proceeds will go to your favorite local bookstore. Now, check what I just said there. You're going to get a free book, and the proceeds are still going to go to your local bookstore because Libro.fm makes sure that their booksellers get paid even when they give a promo to customers. 
I've listened to over 20 audiobooks this year alone. I especially love listening to memoirs read by the author, and it feels great knowing that all of my purchases support my local bookstore, The Book Table, in Oak Park, Illinois. Libro.fm. The same audiobooks, the same price, but a completely different story. Check them out right now at vickeryandco.com slash Libro.fm. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Maybe you've had this thought and then quickly shut it down because who has the time? Or you don't know how, or gosh, it just all seems too hard. If you have something to share with the world, we want to encourage you to get your message out. The world needs to hear it. Did you know that 50% of all homes are podcast fans? If you've ever wondered about having your own podcast or how it can increase your business or get your message across, then please join me and the other experts from the Podcast Power Academy for our monthly free Q&A session. It's called, So You Want to Start a Podcast? This casual live conversation will help you understand how podcasting can be a great decision, why now is the best time to get started, and how to get into action with it. Visit podcastpoweracademy.com to learn more. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories of people living courageously. To learn more about the show, find our show notes and full episode transcripts, or to get some great bonus content, visit thebravefilespodcast.com. And we would love to know what you think of the show. You can give us a call at 312-646-0205. Let us know your thoughts on the episode, the show in general, or maybe share with us how you're out choosing bravely. This episode is brought to you by Vickery & Co. Success Coaching. Coaching that helps you maintain a life well-lived and a business well-run. Learn more at vickeryandco.com. Our music was created and produced in a custom collaboration with Matt Lewis from ML Creative Consulting, a boutique firm dedicated to helping clients identify their unique sound and amplify their brand with custom delivered soundtracks. We couldn't do any of this without our extraordinary audio engineer, Andrew Olson. Learn more about him and check out his work at findandrewolson.com. And special thanks to everyone on Team Brave from our producers, associate producers, copy editors, writers, and support team. Special thanks to Molly, Mary, Kim, Sabra, and Sabrina. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week.